morning. Oh, come, come on, come on. Y'all can do better than that. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? I am excited to be able to be here today. I think I've preached all night long, and now I'm going to preach for the next little while so you guys don't have to worry about it. See, on Sunday mornings, if I don't preach all night long while I'm sleeping, when I come in here, I want to preach all day long. <laughs> but if I've already preached for the last four or five hours, then you guys are in for the last hour. That's the best part. Can I get an amen? Okay, if you got your Bibles, I want you to, to, uh, to just put them away. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, Pastor, we can't be doing that. I am going to have the ushers. They're going to give you a handout today. So I want to talk a little bit about faith. Everybody say faith. So as the ushers pass that out to you, I'll give you a few minutes to take a look at that here in just a minute. We're gonna, we're gonna get, I, I prepared this handout for you so you could take it home. So we're going to talk a little bit about faith. How many of you know that faith requires a risk? How many of you know that faith requires a risk? Everybody say a risk. See, when things happen, you, you have to take some risks in life. I've not met somebody that's walked in faith that hasn't had to risk something. They haven't had to take a risk at one time or another. There's been successful people in business, successful people in sports, successful people in education, successful people in every area that we might look and say they're successful, but how many of you know they had to take a risk? There are risks involved. I began to start thinking about my own life and how um, the risks that I had to take. And how many of you know sometimes you step out, you take a risk, and there's nothing there that you think are going to hold you. And then it's kind of like an Indiana Jones movie. When you step out, all of a sudden that rock comes out, whoop, and you step on it. And then you take another step, and whoop, there's another one comes out. And you take another step, and whoop, there goes another one comes out. So you got to have to do that. You're going to have to take a risk. See, a lot of us don't realize, or I should say the world doesn't realize, that we as faith people, we take risks all the time. We take a risk. And I'm not talking about, oh, no, I'm taking a risk by going out of my house. You know what I mean? Because we've been quarantined in. There are some of those risks, and you've got to take a you got to step by faith and be able to take that risk. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about today. But real quick, I want to do a small review. The last few weeks, the last few months, we got talking about, like last week, about practical ways of healing, about what practical ways of healing. And we talked about forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. We talked about forgiveness. I'm telling you, it was really neat to hear some stories of how we released forgiveness to people's lot, you know, people in our life and ourselves, and we've come to a better place than now we can operate in the faith that God has for us. We not only talked about forgiveness, we talked about the wholeness, and that when we are whole, when we are whole, we can begin to walk in supernatural ways the way God wants us to. We talked about receiving a new name. We talked about not only receiving a new name, but your identity and knowing your identity and who you are in Christ. There is a constant battle. I have 
have been in a battle this week about identity and knowing that I am a child of the Most High God. Do any have any children of the Most High God in here today? Say, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. I'm, I'm a child of the Most High God. So the thing of it is, is when we are walking in that new identity, the old has to pass away. Are you with me? And what? The new come. So when we talk about in faith, we've got to take a risk. There are some things that we have to deal with with a supernatural lifestyle. If you're going to operate by faith, you guys may not have ever thought about this, but is it possible that faith is part of a supernatural lifestyle? I mean, there's people that live that don't have faith that just live by science or that just live by how they feel at the present time. Are you with me? And we've got to operate by faith because there's times in my life where I don't feel good. Are you with me? There's times in my life I know I'm born again, I'm saved, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, but there's times I don't feel that way. <laughs> Come on, y'all came to church today and it's like, wait a minute. We're not, we're not that church. I'm not going to rub you and stroke you and tip, pat you on the head and send you out. But I am going to say this, that we've got to deal with those issues in our life. And faith is the currency of living a supernatural lifestyle. And we walk by faith, not by sight. Can I get an amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to talk a little bit about faith today. We're going to talk a little bit about faith today. And by faith, I forgot to plug in my uh, iPad that last night. So by faith, I'm using my computer, and it's a little bit different today. So how many of you know, you guys may not know this, I'm kind of a one-track person. Shelly can tell you. She's like, there's some times where she's like, honey, honey, look at me. Yes? Okay, I have your attention now. Because I'm already over here on one track, and she's telling me something, and I'm, I'm you with me? It's not I am ignoring her. It's just my MS-DOS processor just hasn't processed yet to her, what is it, Pentium 417? What's the, Robert, what are the fastest processors out there? I-10. Hers is an I-10. I mean, she can think this, see that, do this, fix this do this you know what I mean take care of that text this person Facebook this person she can do all these things and I'm like wait a minute I'm still on that first thing that you asked me to do man so today we're going to walk by faith and we're going to take a risk I'm going to step out and take a risk today and I'm, I'm using my computer but I want us to be going to look at some things uh, in the supernatural everybody say supernatural have you ever heard of a story about somebody having an accident and the person gets pinned in the car or under the car, and literally a person comes and physically lifts that car up. Anybody ever heard that one? There is something supernatural that takes place. Now, so, and they'll try to scientifically, you know, explain it away. Well, you know, the, the adrenaline began to start kicking in that person. You know what I mean? Well, if it's supernatural, they might have reached over there by faith, and said, I'm pulling this car off this person, and you may not have seen it, but two other angels came beside him and said, let me help you. <laughs> and by faith, they, they lifted that car up off of that person. So there is some, there's some things we've got to do by faith. We've got to take a risk by faith. A few years ago, we started talking about getting out of debt. Say, I'm out of debt. 
My needs are met. And I got plenty more to put in store. Now, you by faith might not be the case. Are you with me? But you're going to walk by faith, and you're going to have to take some risk, and you're going to say, okay, I am going to get to that place. So we were working on trying to get out of debt, and this couple came up to me, and they said, look, here's where I'm at. Here's what's going on. You're not going to believe what happened. I said, what happened? Many years ago, this is a true story. They said, um, I, I had bought a lawnmower, and they had bought it on credit. Are you with me? They had bought it on credit, and they said, we went to go, we went to check to see how much we owed on this mower. We'd only had it for a few months. We paid a few payments on it. You know what I mean? And they said, we went to check to see how much we owed on it, and they said our balance was zero. Now, they told me, and I'm such a great man of faith, right? They said, I'm a great man of faith, and they told me, and I said, um, did you get any documentation on that? <laughs> You know, and they were like, what do you mean? I said, if they told you the balance was zero, maybe you need to ask them to send you a printout that shows a zero balance. Are you with me? Because you want to know for sure that in a month from now, they don't come back and say, oh, by the way, you still owe $895.72. Well, you told me last week it was a zero balance. So actually they did. That's exactly what they did. They contacted them and their balance was zero. Now, how do, you, how do you do that? How does something like that happen? It's supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. Come on, everybody. Supernatural. It's a supernatural thing. You know, that hasn't happened to me. But there have been some supernatural things in my life that I can't explain scientifically. They can't explain. But then things have happened to me that have been supernatural. Anybody else experienced anything supernatural in their lives? I'm not going to ask you all for a testimony. But those are the things that are out there. There's, there's people that I know that have given their life to Christ and have been dealt with bondages or been, been addicted to something, given their self to life to Christ, and that's gone away. It's, they got delivered. I mean, and it was like supernatural where they got delivered or supernatural they got healed or supernatural these things began to happen. We've been there where, where, where uh, Pastor Tony was talking about the, the limbs were growing out. In the supernatural, they would actually pray for somebody and they didn't have a hand and their hand actually grew out. Are you with me? When I was in Africa, I was preaching and, and I was on the stage and they started to get warmed up. And this was, this was in front of, I can show you pictures, probably thirty to 40,000 people. Well, in Africa, in the Ivory Coast, where we were ministering, they were bringing people here to the crusade that was taking place because they had a demon. And they were going to get rid of the demon. Are you with me? They brought a guy in that was in chains. He was literally chained up. They came with a pickup truck. There were government officials bringing truckloads of guys that were in jail. Are you with me? And he was, he was, he was, he came to the crusade and they let him out to be prayed for and healings broke out. Come on, somebody. So I started to, I was getting ready to preach and you know, I've been prepared, been fasting. You guys have been praying and we're just believing God for some stuff. And I look over and all of a sudden there's a, a loud crowd noise over here and the people are just praising God. And I'm, I looked at my interpreter and he looked at me and he kind of went, 
So we looked over there. Well, all of a sudden, they come out with a guy that they had changed. He had come in and changed. It was literally just like the Bible. He had come in with chains on this side of the platform. They had him walking over, and then they, they told me what was going on. So I told the people what was going on, and that place erupted. They literally brought that guy who was in a sound mind after he had been dropped off. They brought him over, walked with him, carried the chains with him all the way over to Dr. Dion, who is, it was his church that we were ministering at, and they, and they came over and they showed him what was going on. How many of you know that was supernatural? We watch supernatural things happen. There's supernatural things that, that happen. And here's the thing. When you are going to live a life, a supernatural life, it's messy. I wish I could tell you it's all nice and neat. My wife, she loves things just kind of nice and neat. And unfortunately, it's kind of like I'm a hog farmer. You ever been to a hog farm? Probably not, but it's not nice and neat. Oh, come on, somebody. You know what I mean? There's just stuff that's there, and you got to deal with it, but you get it cleaned up. Come on, and then you move on. Our lives as Christians, as we operate by faith, and we take risks in our lives, it's not messy. People are like, oh, you have a nice church. It's really nice and clean. I like it when it's messy. I have no problem if you came to the altar and you wept and you cried and there was snot and everything else on the altar because you got free. You got set free. You received Jesus. You came to a place where it was like, hey, it's more important for me to walk out of there clean on the inside than worrying about what my outside looks like. And we're, and God is stripping some stuff away from us. Can I get Amen. Your prophetic word is different now. Do you know why? Because years ago, when they would prophesy what has taken place, we weren't ready. God has taken us through a place of, of giving us a great love in our heart. Greater than what we ever thought it was 10 years ago. Come on. Coming to a place where we're not going to judge you. Are you with me? It's not about judging you. God is the one that takes care of that. And we can let him take care of that. Then you can come and you can. What well, I was talking to a sister today. In Corinthians it says love keeps no records of wrongs. Do you know how hard that is? But by faith. Everybody say by faith. By faith, when I take faith and I operate in faith and I what? It requires a risk and I step out. Are you with me? I step out of religion and into this relationship thing in Jesus Christ. Then I can love. I can forgive. Come on, somebody. I can, I can rise above the current situations out there and we can begin to walk in victory. Can somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise for some victory today? So when you, when you give a prophetic word like that, it scares me. It scares me. Because it feels like I'm the one responsible. And the Lord spoke to me today and said, you're not responsible. You're responsible to follow me. You, and, and again, we preached it on Wednesday night. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you as well. You see, and, and he was sharing with me that we're at a different place. So you can turn to your neighbor and say, get ready.
Turn to your other neighbor and say, get ready. Because it's not about me. Actually, the truth is, it's about you guys. It's about you coming to a place where you allow, by faith, you risk something in your life and know that God's going to take care of that. Just like the prophetic word that Debbie came forth today was, I got this. You know what I mean? I got this. God's got this. God's got this. Go, come on. Somebody isn't hearing me today. God's got this. But you know what it's going to do? It's going to require you to operate by faith and risk, take a risk to, to touch God in a way that he can begin to manifest in your life. Come on. Somebody ought to give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. So where was I, man? I was just off my notes and everything here. So de developing a supernatural lifestyle is messy. Thank you, Tonya, for getting me back on track. Developing a supernatural lifestyle is, is messy. So I want to take a look at a scripture. Let me give you a scripture. It's Proverbs 14.4. And this is in the living, uh, the passion translation. Because... When we get involved in the spirit realm, how many of you know that it is going to be messy? When you get involved in walking in the place where in a different dimension in your light, in your life, walking in the kingdom, living in the kingdom of God, operate in the kingdom. Come on, somebody having dominion and authority over those things there. It's messy. But this scripture here says the only clean stable is an empty stable. How many of you know oxen were messy? And that's really what it's talking about. The only clean stable is, is, uh, is, a, is an empty stable. So if you want the work of an ox, I love how it puts this, and to enjoy an abundant harvest, you'll have a mess or two to clean up. <laughs> I thought about handing you guys some sponges when you walked in, right? I was going to give everybody a sponge and say, you may have a mess that you got to clean up. Or give each and every one of you a, you know, a washcloth and say, you may have a mess in your life that you're going to have to clean up. So we're, we're wanting an abundant life. And we're not talking about just finances, but we want to live in a supernatural way that God, that we can live in the abundance that Jesus said we could live in. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give it to you what? More abundantly. So it goes on and it says, in order for us to be able to have an abundant harvest, we're going to have to clean up a mess or two. I'm going to give you a little parenting tip. Some of you that have children, when your child spills the milk, don't clean it up for them. Give them a rag and let them clean it up. Huh? Don't clean it up for them. See, what happened is when I was being raised, I would spill milk. And my mom was like, what you going to do? I'm like, well, you're the mom. You should clean that up. She's like, you clean it up. Well, guess what happened when I was 14? I made a mess and I cleaned it up. Hello? When I was 16, I made a mess and... I cleaned it up. Here you go. Are you with me? Because nowadays there's a lot of society of people that make a mess and they're 35. <laughs> and they don't know how to clean it up. So let's start early. Let's start them young. When he makes a mess, let him clean it up. When he makes a mess, let him clean it up. That's what God wants from us. 
We've made a mess. I'm not looking around going, where's Shelly? Where's Shelly? She should come and clean up my mess. And she's like, no, here's the paper towels. You clean it up. Now, she may help me, right? And I help her, but I'm the one responsible to clean it up. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's some good preaching right there. That's some good preaching right there. Right there, some good stuff for you. So when we look at this and we think about this, we've got to realize that there, there's a mess that we have. And we've got to clean those messes up. I've always, you've always heard me say it's not the mistakes we make, but it's the lessons we learn from those mistakes that we make. What are you going to do about that? Richard has, and I have been there and done that, and I'm like, well, what are you going to do about that? And he would tell me about something, and I'd say, well, what are you going to do about that? And he was like, okay, pastor, I got this deal. I came to you for some sympathy, and you're like, what are you going to do about that? You know, and I love you, and I'll give you sympathy, but it's also, what are you going to do about that? Because you have the authority, you have the dominion, you got the bounty, the quicker picker upper. Use it, Amen. So we, we, can be, we can be in in a mess. We can clean up those messes that are there. Because look, those of us that have, that have been serving the Lord for many years, we still make messes. And we're not expecting somebody who's just come to the Lord, just given their life to Christ, to be able to have it all figured out. Come on. That's God's grace. Amen. That's his grace. That's his grace. So if we're going to live this supernatural lifestyle, we're going to have to learn how to fail. We're going to have to learn how to fail. I'm not talking morally. You've got to learn how to fail morally, although there is part of that. We've got to learn how to do that, but we can overcome that. Are you with me? But we've got to learn how to fail. Years ago, I read this book by John Maxwell. It was called Failing Forward. Because how many of you know most of us fail backwards? I take one step forward and two steps back. Well, at the end of the day, you've taken 10 steps or five steps forward and 10 steps back. You've gone farther backwards than you have forward. And I don't believe that's what God wants. God may want you to have to step back, but I believe that he's wanting you to take three or four steps forward. Can I get an amen? So we've got to realize and understand that it can be messy. Everybody say it can be messy. So faith requires a risk. Faith requires a risk if you have never failed then you've never taken a risk if you have never failed you've never taken a risk i know some people and they'll play it nice and safe especially now the enemy wants you to play it nice and safe you've been in your house for six months you've not even walked out into the front yard let's take a risk if you got to put on your mask, put it on, but step out in the front yard. Do, 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 do. Get out and step out into the front yard. Are you with me? Begin to start take a risk. So we're seeing that nationally that the enemy is trying to sh- close us up, put us away, muzzle us. Come on, somebody. And now we've got a battle that's going on to say step out, take a risk by faith. Everybody say by faith. So we begin to step into that. Let me give you a little definition of risk. A definition of risk is you place something valued valued in a position or situation where it can be damaged. You place something of value or valued or a situation that it can you put them in a position or a situation where it can be damaged. We take a risk. It can be lost. It can be exposed to danger, okay? Danger, danger, 
danger, stranger danger, stranger danger. I'm all for our children to be cautious of, of, of strangers. Are you with me? But, but, but the truth is, most of the people that do other things to other people, especially kids, they know them. Hello, come on, somebody. So when we look at this, we've got to begin to step out. We've got to begin to take a risk. If we're going to take a risk, I want us to be able to risk this supernatural lifestyle. My old life is exposed to the new life. A lot of times we want to get Jesus and keep our old life and never expose it to the new life. Oh, come on, somebody. I just want to get my fire insurance. I just want to go to heaven when I die. But I want to keep everything I got. Really? You want to keep barfing in the morning at 7 a.m. whereas you've been up all night long? Oh, come on. Maybe I'm the only one that's ever done that. You want to keep all those things that you've had for a while. Are you with me? You want to keep the same cycle that you've been in where you've been in jail or out of jail or in jail or out of jail, broke, busted, and disgusted. You want to keep that same cycle. You want to keep those same things. I'm here to tell you, God wants us to begin to live above that thing, but you're going to have to, by faith, take a risk. See, by faith, I had to take the risk and tell my drug dealer, I don't want you to come to my house no more. Maybe there's just a few I know that knows what I'm talking about. But you're going to have to say, not anymore here. You see this address? What? Take me out of your phone. Don't call me when you get a shipment in. Don't come by my house. Don't even try to give me stuff so I can have the stuff. Come on, somebody, because I don't have the money to pay for it. Now you're trying to get me, and you're trying to pull me back in. But by faith, I learned today from the preacher man that he said, by faith, I got to take a risk. And my risk is get off my front porch. Now, whether it may not be drugs or alcohol for you, it could be something else. It could be pornography. It could be the Internet. It could be Facebook. It could be your aunt or uncle or neighbor or friend that's not a good relationship for you that I'm sorry you're going to love them, but you're going to love them at a distance. Come on, somebody. And say, it's not time for you to be coming to my house. I love you, but my life is being changed. You have no idea. It was all about obedience, and it's all about sacrifice. There's times we make those decisions, and it hurts. I understand it hurts. I know it hurts. But I know down the road what it's going to pay off, and it's going to pay off big dividends. Can I get an Amen. Okay, now let's get to what I've got passed out for you. I've got a little handout passed out for you because I want us to begin to look at this. I love the great adventure in the Lord, and I love where we're going. I love, you know, the Holy Spirit is called the Comforter. Why do you think he's called the Comforter? So he can comfort you when you take a risk. <laughs> he can comfort you when you, by faith, start stepping out and believing God for a supernatural life. Everybody say supernatural. So here's some things that we put together that I just want to share with you. I wanted to give this to you. Um, I, hopefully, we'll get through some of them. I'll, we, if we don't, we'll finish up next week, all right? These are some things that you need to do to live a supernatural life. We've been talking about by faith. What it requires us to take a risk. If we're going to take a risk, then we're going to walk into this supernatural life. A few months ago, I said, the supernatural life should become natural. And the natural life needs to become supernatural. Are you with me? 
Listen, God can forgive your sin. Not only can he forgive your sin, he can position you in a place where all of a sudden he'll show and pour his love out on you and you can walk out of your past. Oh, come on, somebody. And you can walk into your future. And I'm telling you, have I got some future walking folk in the house today? Amen? I want to walk into the future because I want, I don't know about you, but my past, there ain't nothing special in my past. Are you with me? And I'm not talking about, you know, you have children or relationships or, and all this other stuff. Those things are great, but we're talking about those things that held me back, those things that caused, caused pain and hurt, those things that brought, brought guilt and condemnation. Can I get an amen? Those things that were there that it's like I'm trying to get over that thing, and it happened 30 years ago. It's time to get over that thing and move into a supernatural lifestyle. Am I talking to anybody in here at all? Okay, number one. Everybody say number one. Pray unceasingly. That word is unceasingly. And I tried to give you some scriptures here to back it up. Because 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Now, does that mean you can't go to work? No, it doesn't. Well, pastor told me I was to pray. I'm sorry, Subway. I can't come in because I'm supposed to work at 7 o'clock tonight and close. I can't come in because I'm praying. No, 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 no. That's, that's wrong. Are you with me? We can pray and do functionary things. Come on, somebody. I can pray while driving the car. I pray that I don't go too fast. I pray that I don't get a ticket if I go too fast. Come on, I pray. We, we pray. Are you with me? I'm just I'm being facetious there, but, but we've got to pray. We've got to pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean you have to be in your closet 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because pastor said, you got to pray without ceasing. You know what I mean? That's not what we're talking about here. Romans 12.10 and Colossians 4.2 says, be devoted to prayer. Ephesians 6, 18, it says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. We've got to pray. When's the last time you prayed? Maybe it was just a few minutes ago. But the truth is, some of us and some of us that are watching online, it could be hours ago. It could be days ago. It could be weeks ago it could be months ago and i'm not trying to condemn you to pray i'm just saying when i pray i pray constantly i talk to the lord constantly i'm asking for wisdom constantly i'm saying lord help me are you with me just get in get into that place where you've got that relationship and you're just kind of having a conversation with the lord you know what i mean some people are like who are you talking to i'm like what do you mean there's nobody around you. Who are you talking to? You need some medication. No, I don't need medication. I'm okay. Are you with me? Because I'm just talking to the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm talking to my Father. I'm just fellowshipping with Jesus, and it's going to be all right. And sometimes you got to do that without them seeing you do that. So we need, to, we need to pray unceasingly. Number two is we need to give sacrificially. That word is sacrificially. You need to give sacrificially. He who is generous will be blessed, for he gives his food to the poor. The one thing I love about people that I know that are here, you guys are some generous people. I know that if I knocked on your door and I said, man, I am hungry, you wouldn't go, okay, sorry, got to go. See ya. 
you'd probably go, come on in, here's my pantry, fix yourself a sandwich. Are you with me? That you guys are there. We'll, we'll hook somebody up at the Hope Center. Was the Hope Center was was birthed because of that families helping families, and the Hope Center was birthed was because we wanted to be generous and we wanted to be a blessing, not just to our church body but to the community. And we service six counties and seventeen different communities through the Hope Center. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise for that. Amen. So we're, we're blessed, and we sing the song about being blessed, but we need to give sacrificially. Then let's not talk about money. What about your time? What about your talents? What about your substance? There's times where I feel guilty because I've given eight hours a day to somebody else or something else, and I feel guilty sometimes when I come home and say, Shelly, can we just close the door and turn off the phone? I just want to be alone. But there's times I need that too. Are you with me? And sometimes I feel guilty because somebody may call me or may text me or whatever. And I got my phone off. And I'm not looking at my text. I'm not running over there to get it. I'm not listening to the ding, ding, ding. Because you know when you hear that thing go off? If, if your phone went off right now, inside you would be going, who's trying to get me? Somebody's trying to contact me. Who is it? I got to see it. Let me have it. <laughs> Come on. Don't it? Isn't that the truth? Can I get an amen on anybody that's like, oh, they're trying to reach me. Who is it? Sometimes it's like, honey, our kids are home. They're safe. Their grandkids are taken care of. It's you and I, baby. We love everybody in the church family. Lord, bless them. But now we're going to be us. And we've got to get to that place where we give of our time sacrificially. We give of our time sacrificially. Luke 6, 38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over, he'll cause what? Men to give into your, your bosom. He'll cause men to give into you. And it says the same measure you use is measured back to you. So I love this. And I've been seeing some stuff on Facebook, and I have no idea if it's me or not. But I'll go through the, the drive through and I'll pay for the car behind me. The one lady the other day, she was like, do you know how much food she got? I said, it don't matter. She's like, okay. <laughs> I have no idea. The, the windows were tinted or whatever it might be. It didn't matter because, oh, honey, I forgot to tell you I did that. Um, so, you know, I paid, for them to have, I paid for them to have the food to be taken care of. I drove off. There was one time at one of the other restaurants, Ron's right behind us. Um, I paid for somebody's deal, and they said, oh, we've got to make that fish sandwich. Would you pull around front? And I'm thinking, I don't want to. Because I pulled around front, and I sat there in my car, and I paid for the person behind me. And guess what? They got their food, and they drove out. And they looked over, and they were like, I think that's the car that paid for my food. And I could see them looking at me, and I, I intentionally turned away. I intentionally was trying to look over here because I didn't want them to see who it was. <laughs> so they pulled out. They pulled out because I could see them out of the corner of my eye. And then they came this way and they kind of drove real slow. And I was like, oh, no, no. no. I was like, how, how obvious probably was it, you know? But I was hoping that I would pay for it and be gone. Instead of, no, they parked me in front of the deal, waited for my fish to be done, and the other person drove by, and they were probably like, that was the man, that was the man. I want to give him the praise and the glory for it. 
So we live a life that's sacrificial. We want, we, if I want to be measured, then measure me back by that. If I give, then let me give and let me be generous because then when I'm measured, how's God going to be to me? He's going to give to me and he's going to be generous. I don't, I'm not giving to get. I'm giving because that's my heart and I want to live a supernatural lifestyle. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, it says, Now say this, that he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also what? Reap bountifully. Each one must, here it is, each one must do as his heart has purposed. What's purposed in his heart, that's what you need to do. Not grudgingly or under compulsion, but God loves a cheerful giver. So when you're here, give. If you say, oh, I only have a dollar, and you've prayed, and God says, give that dollar, then guess what? Give that dollar. It's the same if he says, Eric, give 10. I give 10. If he says, Kelly, give 100. You give 100. He says, Debbie, give a million. M-I-L-L-I-O-N. <laughs> but, but here's the, the principle that I want you to realize. It, it's not about if he gives you a, a figure. Let's say he gives you and says, give $10. And you give five, the same measure is going to be measured to you. So if he says give $10 and you give 12, then what happens? The same measure is going to be measured to you. Come on, somebody. So when we, we want to give. So that's another thing about living a supernatural lifestyle. I got two minutes. Number three, dream unreasonably. <laughs> There's some of you that I've been talking to in here about dreaming. We got a great big banner when you first come in, and it's like, dream big. Dream big. Dream unreasonably. Dream God's dream. Because we know that there's sometimes where I, I, there's times where I was broke, busted, and disgusted, and I couldn't even dream about getting French fries at McDonald's. Come on, somebody. I was like, I don't know. I don't even know if I can get there. The only French fries I had were out of my car. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You pull up the seat, and there's a few of them. They're hard and crispy and crunchy, but you know what? A lot of times they still got salt on them, and a lot of times they're not bad. And some of you are going, ew, but some of you are going, I know what you're talking about. I've eaten them too. I'm glad to have some fresh ones, right? I'm glad to have some of those fresh ones. So when he talks about dreaming unreasonably, we got to dream God's dream. Acts 2.17 says, your young men shall see visions, and your old men will what? Dream dreams. Here's the one, Isaiah 54, 2. Clear lots of ground to make for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. I love the think big. Everybody say think big. We think big. I had one guy. We were talking about some different stuff, and I got him out there, and I was telling him some different stuff that we were doing with families, helping families in the Hope Center, and this was going to be this way, and it was going to look this way here. And he looked at me, and he goes, you're a dreamer, aren't you? Um, and I thought, What's the opposite of that? I guess he could have said, you ain't got no dreams at all. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd rather dream high and hit it halfway than to dream low and hit it all. Oh, come on, are you understanding this? I, my target, Garrett, I'd rather have my target up here and hit it here than to say, oh, here's my target right there. Well, can you do it? Yeah, sure. I, I, I don't have to have God. I can just step over there and do it. Boom, I got my target. I want you to start dreaming again. I want you to start believing again. 
But pastor, you don't understand. I started dreaming this church stuff and relationship with God and all this other stuff. And I got hurt. Yeah. You don't understand. I get hurt all the time. But you know the Holy Spirit when I said, you know, the Holy Spirit was a comforter. Did I tell you that? The Holy Spirit is a comforter to comfort me. Guess what? When I get hurt. He comforts me when I, when I, by faith, begin to step out. And by faith, I take a risk. And by faith, I overcome this situation or that situation. By faith, I overcome these words that are spoken about me or these words that are spoken about me. Come on, somebody. By faith, I step out and I overcome my second grade school teacher that said I would never amount to anything. By faith, I overcome my neighbor or my friend that's broke, busted, and disgusted and say, no, I'm going to work today and I'm going early instead of on time because I I know that I'm going to take a risk. And when I'm faithful with a little, he'll make me ruler over much. And by faith, I'm getting out of where I am. I'm going to step one more time. I'm going to take a risk and break out of that situation. I'm going to take a risk and break out of that bondage. I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to believe God one more time. I'm going to pray one more time. I'm going to say, God, you are my God and I, you are my king. And no matter what happens, it is good with my soul. Come on, let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. By faith. See, we take a risk. We got to take a risk. We got to take a risk. We got to take a risk. I'm telling you, Jerry, when he made his chocolate cake the first time he made it, he took a risk because it probably wasn't very good. And now all of us salivate when Jerry, we talk about Jerry's chocolate cake, right? And Virginia's like, I make them too. <laughs> you know, we, we take a risk. We step out and we take a risk. I want you to begin to dream unreasonably. I don't know. Can you put it in a box? Maybe if you can put it in a box, it's not big enough. Maybe your dream is to be a good mama. I know her dream was I want to be a good mother. What does that take? What does that entail? What is that? It's still, it's still on. The deal's still on. You got kids, it's still on. You with me? Even if you don't have kids, you can have be a spiritual mom or a dad, and you can be a good mama. You can begin to dream. Let me, stand, let me have you stand to your feet. So guess what? You hold on to this. I want you to bring it back next week. Now listen, if you get in next week and, and I offer you a, a $10 just to see who brought their deal, um, don't forget to bring your deal. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but, you know, let's dream. Maybe it won't be $10. Jude, maybe it'll be 20 <laughs> Maybe 50 How about a $100 bill? Wouldn't that be cool? It's like, hey, I got a $100 bill for somebody's electric bill. Oh, come on. I have dreams. Shelly woke up one morning and talked about this dream where people were coming into the church and she was paying off electric bills and she was paying off heating bills and she was paying off car payments. She was paying off house payments. Come on, somebody. She was people were being set free and getting out of debt and getting onto a different path and getting into a different course. And some people are like, well... That's all fine to have that dream. Yeah, but you know how many people that will affect? Do you know how, you know how it could shift and change society? 
Because I, I believe that when we start dreaming like that, when we just start dreaming and say, God, and somebody's like, well, you got to win the lottery. I don't know how God's going to do it, but he can do it. Amen. And I want him to use me to do it. So this week, faith requires a risk. Okay. Look, I'm not saying by faith, jump off a building. All right. I just don't. I want you guys to balance this out with wisdom. All right. Well, you know, because I know what would happen. Somebody would do that and say, well, you know, I thought I could do that. And then it was Pastor Eric's fault. And then they'll be calling me and they'll be saying, can you come down to the police station? We want to talk to you because so-and-so jumped off the building and you said they needed to take a risk. What in your life that maybe you quit taking a risk at? Maybe because you got hurt. Maybe you quit taking a risk at a relationship because you got hurt. Maybe you quit taking a risk believing in something, God, because you got hurt. Maybe you took a risk and you were like, I can't believe in church anymore because I got hurt. That's why we're not having church anymore. We're just going to have a gathering together where we can meet together and we can encourage each other and we can love each other. Come on, somebody. And we can take risks together. Amen. And that when you get knocked down, we can say, oh, come on, let's get back up. And when I get knocked down, you can say, okay, come on, Pastor, let's get back up. Are you with me? When you want to quit, I can say, don't quit. Keep doing it. Don't give up. Don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Try it again one more time. I tried to forgive, but I couldn't forgive. Well, try it one more time. Well, I tried to forgive, and I couldn't forgive. Well, make that phone call. Make that humble phone call and just begin to release forgiveness. Begin to pray and ask the Lord how I can begin to walk. And if I take that risk, God, will you be there? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God said, I'm going to be there. Step out and dream big. Step out and take that risk. Step out and I'll meet you there. Step out. Serve me one more time. Serve the church. Serve each other. Serve one another. That's, there's a whole, I got through what, three points? There's like eight. How about if we pick them up next week? You guys can, I'll give you all some cliff notes. You take them home, you read them, you fill in the blanks, bring it back next week, and we'll preach on that. Amen? Put your hand over your stomach this morning. Some of you have taken risks today. There's been times where you've risked certain things in your past, and you've gotten hurt. I believe God is... Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals thee. And I'm praying for you to be healed right now. Just close your eyes just a moment. You know that situation. You know that circumstance. You know the person, whatever that might be. Just take one of those and say, God, you know, how can I, by faith, begin to walk through this pain? Jesus said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And he will be there for you. Begin to take the risk. Some of you, we know, we learned how to bring healing was even to ask for forgiveness and to forgive others and forgive ourselves. And that you may need to do that. Take that risk. Maybe you weren't here that Sunday when we did that. But you take that risk and you begin to forgive others. You forgive yourself. And ask the Lord just to help you. Holy Spirit will comfort you. He's there to teach us. He's there to train us. He's there to bring us comfort. 
I pray for those that that those pains and those hurts of your past decisions. I pray healing over that right now in the name of Jesus. You're not going to forget about it, but it's not going to control you, and you're going to walk by faith. I saw in the spiritual realm that some have just been, just quit, just got to the place where it's like I'm done. You didn't get knocked down. You just sat down. And God said when I had you to stand up, that you were standing up in the spiritual realm, and you were beginning to walk in faith again, and you were beginning to believe again. And that's you today, that maybe you felt like you've lost your faith or you've struggled to believe in God and how much he loves you. If that's you today, every eye closed, please. This is very personal, very private, but yet corporately. If that's you today, I want you just to slip your hand up to me so I can see you. Thank you. I see your hand. I thank, thank you. I see your, I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Any others? Any others? Thank you. You can put them back down now. Thank you, Lord. Father, those that raised their hands that just said, you know what? I'm just struggling with belief that, God, you will just give them encourage today to have them walk forward. That they'll be obedient to what they say, what you say. That they'll begin to step into what you have for them. That the dreams that they may have had in the past, it may be a total different dream, but they're going to begin to start dreaming again. There's some of you that are here today, if you've just felt like you quit dreaming, you quit dreaming maybe God's dream. Just raise your hand. I, I want to pray for you. Yes, I see your hand. Anybody else? That you may have quit dreaming altogether. Maybe just quit God's dream. I see you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just respect each other. Honor each other today. Just a private moment with you and God today. God, those that have quit dreaming today, we thank you for that. We thank you that they're going to now begin to dream again. They're going to dream the dreams of our fathers. They're going to dream the dreams of God today. They're going to have to enlarge their tent and strengthen their stakes. And they're going to begin to think big. They're going to begin to dream big. They're going to begin to think those things that once were impossible are now becoming possible. And it doesn't have to be a grandiose dream. It can be being a good mom or breaking out of this bondage or overcoming this addiction. It can be any of those things. That's a, that's a real dream that God wants you to walk out. So, Father, I thank you. you I, we pray for those people today. We lift them up today. Is there anybody here today that is not given their life to Christ that would like to this morning? Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want me to pray for you, I just want you to slip your hand up. Anybody else in here? Anybody here? Anybody else in here? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're watching us online, we're asking you just to receive Jesus into your life. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. We're not going to teach you a, a religion. We're going to teach you about a relationship with Jesus Christ. We're going to teach you about a relationship. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Now, let me pray for everybody else that's here and those that are online. We just ask that God will just richly bless you. We sang about it. Bless you and your children from generation to generation to 10,000 10, generations. Some of you can walk into the, the, the generational blessing that you may, that's coming your way that you may not even realize is there for you to walk in. 
that you'll renew that today, that you will, you will be strengthened today, that you will believe in that. Not only that, you'll begin to have faith, and you'll take that risk and say, I'm going to grab that mantle. That mantle's there for me, and I'm going to begin to walk in that. We just pray mantles of the Lord to just, that are just, I want to say, coming out of heaven, you know, that are just beginning to appear in your life. Opportunities are coming your way. We pray blessings, and we pray wisdom right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Can we give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise? Turn to somebody and say, It was good to be in the house of the Lord today. We love you. We bless you. We invite you Wednesday at 630. God bless you. Have a great afternoon in the Lord. Continue to walk in your faith and risk those things and see what God will do today. God bless you. Have a great afternoon.